I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 1039 WYAB, the resurrected Mike Madison Show, the resuscitated. I've been gone for about a, about a month and a half. I'll be back on the air now from Wednesdays on Wednesdays and Thursdays from 9 to 10. I will not be doing the health show. I'm going to leave that to Clay Edwards. He has the great Allison Noe on with him every Monday from 9 to 10, taking up the mantle of my work, my attempts to get people to embrace natural health solutions to your problems. I guarantee you, you'll be happy if you actually undertake that task. So check them out every Monday from 9 to 10. I probably will be doing some other other segments and adding them to my podcast library. I'll have the two hours here on WIAB where I'll really run down news and give you a different opinion. I'm just, I'm so tired of the, the binary, the, the, the good side versus the bad side on everything, when really most of the time it's, 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 it's them being bad. It's the ruling elite against us. Right versus left is working beautifully for them. They're getting away with everything. I've got a lot about that today. And so I'm kind of deconstructing the new stories that I think were covered too much. They were used as distractions. They were hyped. And stories that are underreported today, I've got a couple of them. Uh, just to tell you, I think this is kind of funny. I'm going to tell you some of the other shows I have planned and I don't know if I'll end up doing these here on this show uh, here, or I will um, be doing some of these in podcast form. I'm looking at doing a segment called Think Again. And basically, it, it's one of these things where if people have a certain perception, like the vast, vast, vast majority of people have a certain perception about uh, an event or a policy or something, uh, but it's completely wrong, at least I, I think I'm being accurate when I just say it's wrong, um, then I'll offer a you know think again um here's a here's a couple of the shows i've got one of them i've got here is my two-part plan i've got a two-part plan for my life i've come up with over the last six weeks i'm gonna do do that one day let's see what else we have oh i've got a good title here empires don't die they are murdered that'll be a good show i may do that one here may do it on the podcast but uh, i've got to do a show for that just so i can use that title empires don't die they are murdered um Oh, here's one I, ha- I have. Why I hate Republicans too, T-O-O. That's a grammatical aggravation of mine. So many people say, yeah, I went there too, T-O. Come on now, people. Know, know your T-O's and your T-O-O's. That's not a toughie. Uh, anyway, why I hate Republicans too. Now, for anybody listening, who's this leftist? I put the two on there because I can't stand the Democratic Party and can't stand any of them. But Republicans, too, and this is really about uh, something I ran across. Republicans can be real authoritarians themselves. 
We've seen so much on the left, authoritarianism on the left, but the, the Republicans, uh, they, they don't really play second fiddle a lot of times, and there was just some real authoritarian stuff um, that's gone on with the Republican Party. So anyway, I am going to... Uh, here's another one. Crime is everywhere. Think again. This is a very... In- I ran across a very interesting piece breaking down exactly where the crime is, exactly how bad it is in the country right now. It's, it, it's interesting. It should be encouraging to people, but again, this is where... You know, the, the political class will, will really try to just scare the bejesus out of you constantly. And it works. It does work. Uh, so we'll do those things. Uh, big core parts of my show for the last six years has been I do economics. I've done the natural health stuff. I do a lot of economic stuff because we are an economically illiterate country. And that's a real shame because we've got big problems and nobody's talking about the real solutions to them. Uh, I railed against this conservative talking point of Bidenflation just drives me nuts. This whacked out old man, as bad as he is, and he's the worst, maybe ever, probably ever. But that one lone dementia patient did not cause all of your prices to rise. Money printing did. And I'll tell you a little something that's a little depressing to me. Um, I can sit down with somebody one-on-one, and we can have a conversation, and I'll kind of explain how inflation happens. It's not really a difficult concept. You create a whole lot of money, that's chasing the same number of goods, and those prices go up. I won't go into an economics lesson here, but it's pretty easy. But I can sit down with someone and explain to them that Trump is just as responsible for this inflation now as Joe Biden is, and that's the truth, as is Barack Obama. Really, since the financial crisis, they laid the tracks for this inflation. And I can sit down and have a one-on-one conversation with somebody, and they will totally get it. I can see the light bulb go off. They can really get it. And then I'll see them post something a week later on social media where they use the term inflation" or something like that again. The draw, the, the allure of being accepted by your tribe, saying something that shows that you're one of the, instead of educating your tribe so that we might actually fix a problem, instead people just want to fit in and seem cool to the rest of their friends. I guess I've just never really, well, I won't say never. As I got to be an adult, I just didn't care about that anymore. I'd rather be accurate than be popular, as is probably borne witness to on this show uh, over the last six years. Uh, quote of the day today, quote of the day today is uh, Gustave Le Bon. He writes this in The Crowd. No idea who that is. Don't know what the crowd is, but it was an interesting quote to me. He said, The masses have never thirsted after truth. Whoever can supply them with the illusions is easily their master. Whoever attempts to destroy their illusions is always their victim. The masses have never thirsted for truth. Whoever can supply them with illusions is easily their master. That's where we are today, folks. People who are providing you with these illusions. Uh, I've always had a bad habit here on this show that I cannot seem to break. I'm going to try to narrate a chart, a chart that uh, that I ran across. There's a, there's a, uh, they're called Fred charts. They track spending and all kinds of different stuff, but you can find them. Uh, this is the one. Uh, this is a chart of the federal government current expenditures, interest payments. This is interest on the national debt. Is what this is a chart of. I can't do it justice. <laughs> It's, uh, it's a bit of an escalator. After we came off the gold standard in the early 1970s, it was pretty much an escalator up to about the year 2000. And then it took a little bit of a dip. 
and then it started a little bit of an escalator ride again. You could picturing an escalator, right? Kind of a 45 degree angle going up. That's what this has been doing uh, until uh, 2020, 2021, 2022. You know, interest rates have been going up. Well, that's not just for your mortgage that you're trying to buy a house. That's not just for uh, your car loan. It is all of the debt that our federal government has, all their interest rate, the interest rate on all that debt is going up, too. So in context, um, oh, let's just look at about uh, 2010, the interest on the, the debt was about $300 billion a year. It's still, that's still grossly obscene that they strip you of your wealth because a bunch of politicians in the past couldn't control their spending. So now they're sticking you with the interest payments on their, their profligacy. That's bad enough. $300 billion. That's really gross. 1950s, it was zero. They didn't have this problem. But the boomers, my generation, Generation X, we've just told them, hey, go knock yourselves out, whatever you feel. Do whatever you want. Our kids will pay for it. Uh, so that was uh, 2010. What did I say? About $300 billion. Uh, by the time Trump, Trump was leaving office around 2020, that had gone up to $600 billion. Of gross there, too. But within the last couple of years, that figure is up now uh, almost $900 billion. And all of the debt that the United States has has not reset yet. Some of it is still at the low interest rates of years ago. So as it continues to reset, within a few months, we'll be over a trillion dollars a year in interest on the debt. That's money taken out of your paycheck to pay interest on the debt. And it will continue to come out of your check and your children's check and your grandchildren's check if you don't start to stand up on this. Interesting, uh, Sven Hendrick is the guy I pulled this chart from. He's tweeted this out. He goes, interest on the debt goes, wee, larger than the entire yearly U.S. military budget now. That's right. All the Republicans concerned about your national security, they're trying to get these huge military budgets. And Joe Biden, too. He's very proud. He just signed the biggest one ever. Trump did his air quotes here in the studio, rebuilding the military and threw hundreds of billions of dollars more at them. Now Biden is doing it himself because the Democrats are the full on war party at this point. Well, now the interest on the debt has even outpaced their military spending. So if you were worried about national security, next time Roger Wicker tells you national security, more on him in a minute. Uh, maybe you'll ask him, uh, do you think it's bad that we're spending more on the interest on our debt than it is our military? I think that's maybe a national security issue. Raj. Um, this was an interesting uh, thing put out in financial stuff. Uh, a group called the Economics Review put this piece out. It says, uh, in 1960, the median house cost $12,000 and the median household income was $5,600. In 2022, the median house cost $450,000, and the median household income is $70,000. It would now take an American over three times as long to pay off their house as it took their parents. And then it finishes with this. It says, what went wrong? Now, I'm going to assume that a group called the Economics Review probably knows the answer to that question, and so this is largely rhetorical to them, but I would say most Amer Americans, 98% of Americans, don't know what went wrong. You think this is just normal and natural. This lays at the feet of the Federal Reserve and the people that print money out of thin air. Just think about that. You used to be able to pay off your house with an income a little bit over two years. In two years, you would have earned, what is that, $11,200? And the house only cost 12000 
take you a little bit more than two years worth of income to do it. Now it's over seven years of your income to pay off the house. This is just absolutely disgusting stuff. Again, as, as, as I've said many, many times, it was Henry Ford that I paraphrased who said, if people understood the banking system, uh, there'd be a revolution by tomorrow morning. Uh, here's something interesting. I ran across this in the Madison County Journal, an advertisement. Let me pull this up on my phone. I'd sent this out to a couple of people just almost laughing at it. Uh, I've made a big deal uh, over the past few years. I was just amazed that senior citizens and people that are on fixed incomes were not outraged by the Federal Reserve that smashed interest rates down to zero. So people on fixed incomes have been getting almost nothing on their bonds, on their CDs, on their savings. That's what retirees depend on. The income, the interest income on the money that they scrimped and saved for retirement. And what did, what, did, uh, what did boomers do as they were retiring? They didn't say a word. They just took it. I've just always wondered, why, why didn't this make you angry? They told you they were doing this. They told you they were smashing interest rates down. And you've been getting nothing on your savings. Now interest rates have gone up. And so I ran across this ad. This was in the Madison Journal. This is a, an advertisement from Renaissance Bank. It says up to 4.5%. Truly great rates. Uh, it says visit your local Renaissance bank to learn more about our money market special rates. I looked at that and I thought, finally, the average American out there can put some money aside in savings and earn some decent interest on it. Before this, before this endless money printing under Obama and Trump and now Biden, even though they're not printing right now, they're tightening. For now, uh, it used to be that you was it was easy to go out and get a CD earning you five percent. This is how retirees live. This is how they kept their standard of living. So I look at this and I go, "This is great." Uh, finally, your average American is going to get some interest. Here, here's the there's a little bit of print underneath that huge headline. Again, the huge headline is up to four point five percent. Truly great rates. At the bottom of it, it says this: Tier one, five million dollars and above. We'll pay you 4.5%. Tier 2. Tier 2 was $1 million to uh, $999,999. So anything between $1 million and $5 million, they're going to pay you 4.25%. See, the 4.5% is just if you have more than $5 million in their money market account. And then there's this one. This was interesting. Tier 3. Zero to $999,999.99. So anything under a million dollars, you're in tier three. You know what they're going to pay you interest on that money? 0.25%. Point one quarter of 1%. Now, I don't know why in the world, and maybe I'm missing something here. Seems pretty egregious. And this is in a community newspaper. This wasn't in the New York, uh, I mean, in the Wall Street Journal. This was advertising to the citizens of Madison County, Mississippi. If you've got a million dollars up to five million, they'll give you 4.25%. Uh, if you've got over five million dollars, they'll give you 4.5% interest. If you've got under a million dollars, you've been scrimping and saving and you're knocking the cover off the ball and you've got $800,000 you want to take to the bank and get some interest on. Nope, sorry, you're in tier three. You get 0.25%. <laughs> they can't even muster up a 2%, 3%, 4%. 
for the lowly tier three, which is basically about 99% of Americans. You can go out and buy a one-year U.S. Treasury right now, one year. You'll get 5% on that. <laughs> Just a heads up. If you're looking to park some money somewhere for a year, buy a U.S. Treasury, you'll get 5%. This bank is going to give you 0.25%. Absolutely unbelievable. This is where we are financially right now. The little guy, they're just not even going to, they're not even going to play with us anymore. They're not even pretending to care about the little people. Anymore. I'll be right back. All right, so yesterday I talked a lot about stories that were overblown, there were big distractions, but there were also some stories that were undercovered and basically not talked about at all. And one of them was a very important event. It was the Rage Against the War Machine peace protest, anti-war protest up in Washington, D.C. just this past week. Almost nobody covered it. There were only a few thousand people there. It was not as attended near what it should be for the gravity of the situation we're in right now. But God love him, Tucker Carlson at least talked about it a little bit. Now, I don't, and I don't say that disparagingly. It kind of came out like I was being snotty about it. No, Tucker Carlson actually covered it, much to his credit. Uh, so I'll play a little bit of the clip where he actually talked about this uh, thing. You know, the few people that are trying to get together and stop World War III— the nuclear annihilation of the entire world. Seems like people ought to be upset about that, but not that many, apparently. But here's Tucker Carlson. The first anniversary of the war in Ukraine is coming up next week. The United States government under Joe Biden has been funding that war. It would have ended without the Biden administration. So a massive demonstration is planned on Sunday in Washington, D.C. It starts at 12.30 p.m. at the Lincoln Memorial. Probably haven't seen this on other channels. The message is very simple. It's nonviolent. It's reasonable. It's straightforward. Stop funding the war in Ukraine. Tara Reid will be there. She's the author of Left Out When the Truth Doesn't Fit In. We've interviewed her before on other topics, but she'll be at this event tomorrow. Tara, thanks so much for coming out. Why are you why are you speaking at this? And what is this? First of all, thank you for um, having me. Oh, and I feel really strongly about speaking out against war. And, you know, you have... Um, so many political parties coalescing from the right and the left and the libertarians leading the charge um, to this event. And it's really amazing. So you have the people's. Yeah. So libertarians leading the charge. I've taken a lot of slings and arrows here. You're a libertarian. The Republican Party came hard after the libertarians in the past few months, right? Before the midterms, they realized how bad people are turning against the two party system. So they tried to denigrate. Libertarians are they're trying to stop World War Three. They're speaking out against World War III. More on that in just a second. Party, the Libertarians, you have um, all different uh, speakers like Jimmy Dore, Ron Paul, Kim Iverson, um, Tulsi Gabbard, with very different political views coming together for one message, no more endless war. We've spent almost $100 billion of weapons and aid going to Ukraine. 
and the suffering that we have in our own country is being ignored. And you've been covering yes. quite well where other networks haven't. The East Palestine in um, Ohio, the ecological disaster, our infrastructure is falling apart. America's becoming a failed state with all these endless wars. We've basically pivoted from Afghanistan to Ukraine. And this war started, yes, 24th, some people say, but actually it started in 2014 with Mandan when the Western coup was put in place in Kiev. And that was revealed by Julian Assange, who is um, currently rotting in a prison cell. Thank you, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, Mike Pompeo. Yeah, he told us. He, he, he told us that Ukraine was overthrown by the West, along with a whole other bunch of dirty laundry that he aired for the deep state. And for some reason, Donald Trump sought, sought to persecute him and keep him in a prison cell, along with Mike Pompeo, that bloodthirsty uh, thing. You know, should be freed. And he published the truth about what the imperialistic state of America and the West and NATO was doing. So the speakers are all gathering to ask to abolish NATO. It's not a peacekeeping force. It's an aggressive force. It's been pushing up against the borders of Russia. And now we're getting closer to the brink of World War Three. We're all getting to. So she goes on for a little bit. Kudos to Tucker Carlson for actually covering the fact that there was even a rally. The mainstream media did everything they could to ignore it. A democracy now, which is kind of the you know, they're, they're lefties, progressives. They used to be anti-war. I don't know who bought that channel. Apparently somebody bought it. They gave 10 seconds, 10 seconds to the rally after it happened. Um, but it, at least he did that. Uh, so there were lefties there. The, the People's Party, which is, I think, a socialist group, were there with the libertarians. Uh, they disagree on just about everything except this one thing. And they said, well, let's come together and try to stop the warfare state from kicking off World War III. That's kind of worth dropping some of your other differences. We can argue about those later. World War III, kind of top of the list of things to maybe address. Uh, you know what wasn't there, and it was really depressing to me? Uh, Mom-and-pop Republicans. Tulsi Gabbard was there, former Democratic Congresswoman. She was there. Dennis Kucinich, former Democratic uh, presidential candidate, candidate. Ron Paul, former Republican presidential candidate. Um, no, there were even communists there. I think there were some communist flags. Now, I disagree with these people on a ton of things, and maybe they have a, you know, a love for the old Soviet Russia, which I certainly do not. They were there at an anti. So basically, every almost everything in the spectrum was there except for the country club Republicans. The that's even disparaging. There's just a lot of you know Joe six pack Republicans out there. You've got no concerns. I think you're going to want to have attended those things when they're hauling your child off. He's, he's in his senior year of baseball this year. It's going to be great. Then at the end of the season, do you want to see this child scooped up? More on that in just a minute. Uh, and sent off to the front in World War III? It's just a real cry and shame to me that the conservative Christians in this country do not see the evils of these wars, the bloodshed, the violence, and understand you're being taken for a ride on these things, on these wars. I'll just tell you in a minute what these wars are really about. But there were there were just no no normie Republicans there. Just not at all concerned. I guess you were turned off because there might be some left-wing groups there. I'm telling you, you better start finding some common cause because if you haven't noticed, things aren't going well. This equilibrium between left and right, Republican and Democrat, that's just letting the elites get away with murder. Literal murder. Uh... I guess I'll go ahead and play this. 
This one kind of cracked me up too. I didn't crack me up. It, it, it's, it's a bit of a commentary. I'll tell you why. This is Hakeem Jeffries. He is, I guess, what is he, the minority leader of the Democrats in the House of Representatives now? Um, he, he went to uh, go give a speech to a bunch of Democratic uh, voters, and I wanted you to hear how it went. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. What an honor and a blessing to be here. With you all. Now he is just there, just smiling. Got his microphone down. He he can't get a word in edgewise. He's just watching, waiting for security to come kick these rebel rousers out. He he's one of the warmongers in Congress. I wish you, you could see a smile. It's one of those smug smiles. He's looking down on the little people. Oh, it's so cute that they're protesting me. Oh, he's still got his microphone there, just smiling, waiting for them to shut up. Shut up, little people. I'm an important man here. I got things to say. They're not going to let him listen. So anyway, this goes on for uh, this goes on for a couple of minutes. Here's why I bring it up. It's beautiful to me. I despise the political class. Hakeem Jeffries is just a disgusting Democrat sellout warmonger himself. Um, the left knows how to raise a ruckus. Now, a lot of times it's non-productive and stupid and violent. We've seen what happened with the Black Lives Matter things. We've seen them just lose their mind over speakers and censor people. I mean, they raise too many ruckuses. Trust me. But they know how to do it. Can you even imagine? Can you even imagine Mississippians standing up to Roger Wicker? Uh, Roger Wicker has proposed policies like a no-fly zone over uh, Ukraine, which would put American pilots directly in air combat with Russian troops. That would be full-on uh, us-against-them direct confrontation World War III stuff. That's what Roger Wicker's policy is. Roger Wicker's only regret about his only difference between him and Joe Biden is that Joe Biden didn't send money faster and didn't send more. But can you even imagine Republicans standing up and, and not letting Roger Wicker speak because he is trying to push us into World War Three? Yeah, me either. Because Republicans, and I used to be one of them, too, uh, have been domesticated. Republicans care about what the country club group thinks about them. You don't break a decorum. We, we must respect the office. Can't act unruly, even if it means sitting politely and supporting a warmonger like Roger Wicker means millions of people might die. Uh, we don't dare speak up. It's bad form. Roger Wicker is taking us to World War III. World War III. Nuclear bombs. Millions of people dying. And I don't see anybody that doesn't just pat him on the back and take a selfie with him. I, the, I've got a whole bunch of problems with the left and a whole lot of different issues. But maybe they're rediscovering at least their anti-war roots. They were right about wars as far back as the 60s and 70s. We were wrong. I was wrong in the 1990s. I was a warmonger. I was wrong. So wrong. I hope the left, there's, they've lost every redeeming quality over the past five to ten years. Maybe they'll get this one good one back.
All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, if you want to reach me, you can always reach me, Mike Madison at WYAB.com. I've got a couple of clips, <laughs> a couple of things I'm going to cover real quick here. Sometimes you might want to get some of this from me, or you can go out and search it yourself. Uh, some interesting things out there. Listen to this. NATO tweeted this out. NATO tweeted this out. Ukraine is hosting one of the great epics of the century. Quote, we are Harry Potter and William Wallace, the Navi and Han Solo. We're escaping from Shawshank and blowing up the Death Star. We are fighting with the Harkonnens and challenging Thanos. See, this is what they think of you. They infantilize, they, they believe that they've got to f- cast this in some kind of a fairy tale so you can understand We're the good guys like Han Solo. They're the bad guys like Darth Vader. You understand now why you need to give them money and arms and we always support them? This is what NATO thinks of you. They need to take the whole world and treat it like a fairy tale so maybe, maybe you little people can understand this. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about Ukraine. You know, the peace rally wasn't covered. I'm about to get into something now that is really not covered by the mainstream news. What are we told um, about Ukraine? This fledgling little democracy. We're trying to save their country because they're the underdogs, right? Uh, I've got a, you know, I've been putting together these future show titles, and one of them was uh, the Ukrainian Body Snatchers. Let me explain to you why I was going to call a show the Ukrainian Body Snatchers, because not, not in the mainstream media you haven't seen this, but I've seen these things. And if you want any clips, I'll be happy to send them to you. Uh, there's things all over social media and Twitter because I travel in these anti-war uh, groups. Pictures of what's coming out of Ukraine. Here's one. Here's a story. The dark trend of martial law, vigil, uh, vigilantism, and public humiliation in Ukraine. And what these are, are these are footage of Ukrainian soldiers. Um Sometimes you'll see like a family walking down the street. They're out shopping or they're at a park. And all of a sudden a van pulls up and some Ukrainian soldiers jump out and they grab the child. Not like a little kid, like a teenage boy. Maybe a kid in their young tw- early 20s. They jump out of the van, they grab them. The kid kind of resists while the family's around there, but they manhandle him and essentially tackle him, uh, hog time, whatever they need to do. Get him in the van. He's going to the front. That's how they're recruiting soldiers in Ukraine. Now, these families are shrieking in horror. They're screaming, get off of him, leave him alone, please, please don't take him. And they just take him to the front. And if you've been paying attention at all around the mainstream media's lies, uh, a lot of Ukrainian soldiers that are going to the front, they're never coming back. This is the live kidnapping of young men in Ukraine to be forced to the front to be used as cannon fodder for this NATO, Zelensky, Joe Biden war. That doesn't sound like this, this peace and love country that, yeah, I mean, we got Zelensky going to the Grammys and he seems so suave and debonair and I've got my Zelensky body pillow at home and I snuggle up with him when it gets cold at night. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? He's got henchmen going out and kidnapping kids off the streets and taking them to the front lines. There's also another little interesting thing. I don't, I don't know about this. Uh, the humiliation. There's lots of footage of, of young, and these are primarily young. There's one uh, 11-year-old girl I saw a picture of where they essentially they paint their faces black. They duct tape them. They take them to like a stop sign. 
They duct tape them or wrap them in saran wrap, trapped, stuck to this signpost, and then they pull their pants down and they leave them there to humiliate these kids. That's your Ukrainian army that we are funding, that we're sending billions and billions of dollars to, arms. That's Ukraine. It's all out there. Again, the media is never, never going to cover any of this stuff. But I wanted to read you this, too. This is a very interesting, uh, well, the war started in 2022, right? Of course, as the woman just said in Tucker Carlson, it actually started in 2014 when the West overthrew the democratically elected government of Ukraine and put in an anti-Russian puppet. And now we've got Zelensky and we're off to World War II. But anyway, um, this is a, uh, I am on state.gov. This is the State Department's website. So I'm reading from the State Department. Uh, this is a 2020 country reports on human rights practices, colon, Ukraine. This is our own State Department's. Uh, this is from the Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights, and Labor, 2020. You want to hear what they had to say about Ukraine? Remember, this is before the war. This is what Ukraine has been and still is. Here is from our State Department. <clears throat> Significant human rights issues included unlawful or arbitrary killing, torture and cases of cruel, inhuman or degrading treatment or punishment of detainees by law enforcement personnel, harsh and life-threatening conditions in prisons and detention centers, arbitrary arrest or detention, serious problems with the independence of the judiciary, Abuses in the Russia-led conflict in the Donbass, including physical abuse of civilians and members of armed groups held in detention facilities. Serious restrictions on free expression, the press, and the Internet, including violence, threats of violence, or unjustified arrests or prosecutions against journalists, censorship, and blocking of websites. Refoulement of refugees. Serious acts of corruption, lack of investigation of and accountability for violence against women, violence or threats of violence motivated by anti-Semitism, crimes involving violence or threats of violence targeting persons with disabilities, members of ethnic minority groups and lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or intersex persons, and the existence of the worst forms of child labor. This was the U.S. State Department's report on Ukraine in 2020. This is the government that they installed in 2014. Should I read any of this again? Violence against women, violence or threats of violence motivated by anti-Semitism, crimes involving violence or threats of violence targeting persons with disabilities. And, and think of all the wokesters out there right now flying their Ukraine flags on their Facebook page, on their Twitter feeds. Ukraine was found by the U.S. State Department in 2020. Members of ethnic minority groups and lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or intersex persons and the existence of the worst forms of child labor. And the woke crowd has been convinced to support this government. I, I found that fairly stunning. Now, we've known about it. I've talked about it for years. The, the true history of Ukraine, the corruption... The Nazis in the Ukrainian government and in their military, 
Nazis, real Nazis, not the fake everybody who likes Trump is a Nazi. That was ridiculous and stupid and immature. That's what the left did. But the left is actually really supporting real-life Nazis. And our State Department knew it back in 2020. How about that? I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to get back to the root, the root of all these wars. Oh, this is quite the gravy train for so many people. Oh, it's, oh boy. These guys are, are, are raking it in. And I'll show you one of, the, one of the most usual cons of these conflicts. It's, uh, it's the mop-up. This, this thing may be over soon because it's time to start awarding some contracts. I'll show you what I'm talking about when we come back. Stick around. It's so dark you can't see the end. Skies cocked back. Shock at which can't defend. The rain then sends dripping. Acidic questions. Forcefully. The power suggestion. Then with the eyes shut. Looking through the rust and rotten dust. A small spot of light floods the floor. And pours over the rusted world of pretend. And the eyes ease open and it's dark again. From the top to the bottom. Right the top I stop. At the core I forgot it. All right, final segment for today, but we're going to get back to uh, this, this, this is one of the, the crux, the, the nexus, the origins, the reasons. The, what is that? I was going to say try to do a French term there, but uh, I, I don't even dare attempt it. Uh, the real reason for these wars is for power and profit of the elites. Many people got massively wealthy during Iraq and Afghanistan. They got wealthy during the Cold War. We know the military-industrial complex is just, oh, it's a great time for them to be alive, isn't it? But it always is a good time for them to be alive. I would imagine the defense industry is probably what really blew up the housing market. They're probably out there buying second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh homes these days. The money that's flowing into the arms manufacturers. And I've pointed this out many times, but I want to make sure in case there's one single new person listening how these wars work out. Have you noticed the Cold War ended? In less than a year, we were into Iraq with the first invasion, first Gulf War. I think it was like nine months. Cold War ended. They were talking about a peace dividend, all the money we were going to save that we didn't have to counter the Soviet Union anymore. Nope. About nine months later, we had started the Middle Eastern Wars. We were into Iraq. Now, we were stayed in, Iraq, in uh, the Middle East for 30 years, including the 90s under Clinton, when he, when he starved out 500,000 Iraqi children. Then we, we withdraw from Afghanistan, and wouldn't you know, about another eight or nine months after the Afghanistan withdrawal, huh, suddenly we're in, locked in conflict in Ukraine. Pretty seamless, isn't it? I guess they do take a few months off. Maybe that's when they really travel and vacation and stuff like that. And then, then it's back to, back to making money. But this is one of the biggest grifts here. This is, uh, I forget her first name, von der Leyen. She's like the president of the European Union. And she gives you, this is, the money's going to keep on flowing even after the hostilities end. Maybe it's going to end soon. It's time to start uh, issuing these contracts. Listen to this. We now have in place the toughest sanctions ever introduced by the European Union. And we have to ensure that they are strictly applied. Therefore, our 10th package introduces new measures to prevent circumvention. And this is my fourth point. We will track oligarchs trying to hide or to sell their assets to escape sanctions. 
and together with member states, we will set up an overview of all frozen assets of the Russian Central Bank held in the European Union. Here it we comes. need to know where these are located and how much they are worth. This is crucial in view of the possible use of public Russian assets to fund reconstruction in Ukraine. There you go. They are going to steal Russian money. This is money from the Central Bank of Russia, from the Russian uh, oligarchs, you know, whoever they declare is an oligarch. They're going to steal their money and they're going to put it into a fund to pay off their buddies who get in on the air quotes here in the studio reconstruction game. They did it in Iraq. They did it in Afghanistan. They do it all around the world. Blow things to smithereens and then hand out the big fat contracts to the companies uh, that come in and do the reconstruction. Those things usually don't go real well. Shoddy craftsmanship, projects that are never finished. The people are always left uh, in these places a lot worse off than, we've, than when we found them. But they're going to steal Russians' money and they're going to start handing it over to the reconstruction companies now. I mean, maybe that's good news. Maybe it's about to be over. Maybe the reconstruction people are tired of waiting. They want that money now. This is a big part of the game right here. I tell you what, people, there's nothing wrong with being anti-war across the board. They are always just to serve the elites. That's all the time I got. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Uh,